on Sagittarian matters, we try chocolate potato candy, cauliflower fossils, the original Iron Chef, and Bada Beans with friend of the show, Morgan. Stay tuned. Sagittarian matters. Sagittarian matters. What's the Morgan is a frequent contributor to Sagittarian Matters, the former purveyor of Dovetail Bakery, and a very good friend to the show. She loves salads and dry, crunchy foods more than any earthling could possibly understand. Morgan joined me this week via Zoom to try an array of vegan snack foods all sent in by listeners. Please enjoy as we try snacks, talk about sauces, give advice, and describe the controversy behind Vegan Iron Chef. Stay tuned. Morgan, welcome back to Sagittarian Matters. Here we are. We have a very special episode today because we are trying Except for one thing, we are trying only things given to us by listeners, and we have some fan mail to go along with some of it. I can't wait. I can't wait. Now, we do also have an advice question, but let's get straight to some tasting. Mm. The first thing I want to taste with you, um, well, I want, will you please tell listeners what you found in your mailbox today? Yeah. Okay. So we're going to rewind. If this is like the birth story, we're going to rewind to like gestation period. So I was out of the house. And um, when I arrived home, there was a strange soft focus envelope zipper pouch that I opened up and within was contained. Bada bean, bada boom. Two flavors. There's going to be for you today, sea salt. And by you, I mean me, and mesquite barbecue. They've got really colorful packaging. Uh, there's a Ziploc bag full of, I'm not sure what, it looks like a cauliflower fossil. So we're gonna be tasting some cauliflower fossils. And then there's um, some chocolatey brown nuggets with white filling. And then, um, so I opened it up and um, in this you know, un unmarked package was contained two labeled, two unlabeled additional packages. <laughs> Morgan, the first thing we're going to try are the cauliflower fossils, also known as organic cauliflower bites in buffalo ranch flavor. Whoa. These were sent to us by friend to the show, Will. This is a he product? He says, dear Sagittarian Matters, are these good? Also, <laughs> I would still be curious about the chocolate hummus. Um, we haven't we haven't gotten to chocolate hum hummus yet, Will, but we will. These are Buffalo Ranch cauliflower bites. He wants to know, too oily, too spicy, too weird, just bad, or possibly good. I actually He's have this question for my own self all the time. Rhythm Foods, organic cauliflower bites. Wait a minute. Is this the same brand that made the product that kicked this whole thing off, which was the white chocolate kale chips? I, I Rhythm Foods is definitely known for their kale chips. Are they the makers of the white chocolate kale chips? It's quite possible. possible. So these are organic cauliflower bites. These are snacks full of life. Ready to spice up your snack life? Mm. You'll love this spicy little number. Feel like that's supposed to be like sex life. Our Buffalo Ranch cauliflower bites pack a one-two punch of bold heat and zingy ranch flavor without a drop of dairy. 
that a drop. I yeah. wish so badly that we could both work in like product tasting and then also like packaging R and D. But no, oh, yeah. call out there for the job. Uh, we could write this copy. Listen to this. Plus, oh. we apply just enough heat and pressure to the bunch to keep in all the vitamin C, vitamin K, and fiber that keep you crunching to the beat. They smell like cauliflower, everybody. Are you ready to There's crunch to the beat? And pressure in this. Wow. Ooh. Okay. Okay. I was interested. Oh my God. I can see my own flex of spit all over the computer screen. Okay. I was going to say that I had this exact same question about eating a bean chip earlier. Is this good? And then after the first one, usually you're like, okay, yeah, this is good. Um, hold on. I'm eating a second one to get to that place. Oh, I think these are good. They, I would still call them fossils. Mm. I think they're good and gross at the same time. Yeah. But if you were living in your home, which we all are, and you shared a bag of these with someone, yeah, you might leave feeling like, okay, if you were on a road trip and you ate some of these and it was all you had, you would be disgusted by them. Would you? For 15, after like a week? Well, I think like you would eat them and then you would get out of the car and get back in the car and the smell of them would make you yes. feel revolted and upset with yourself. Yeah, like maybe your clothes would smell like that. Also, imagine putting on a mask after eating these. Mm -hmm. I just saw Nicole sniff it and then eat it. <laughs> I still stand by they're good. I don't mind the smell of a cruciferous vegetable. I'm into it. But this pretty is pretty weird. Cauliflower. There is some sugar. There's spices. There's a lot yeah. of organic stuff. There's maltodextrin. Don't worry. Oh, you want to know what they get like a, a 10 out of 10 for is a texture I've never experienced. Hmm. You know, it is cauliflower space food fossil. Wow. Thanks, Will. Will, I think they're good. What I do a fan of rhythm foods. I like rhythm foods work. I do want to say this whole bag is only 130 calories and only three grams of protein. So I, I feel a little bit like eating this as a throwaway. No except way. for tastes good. 60% of your vitamin C for the day. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I just, I like a little more calories. I like a little more protein. You may not know this about me. I would sprinkle this on top of something. Mm. A salad, mm -hmm. a bean dish. Um, you know what I mean? Like something else, another kind of a, what on top of a cauliflower? That's meta. Oh, wow. Sometimes okay. I eat that kind of thing and I'm like, this isn't kosher. What about, it's like turducken. Sorry. Well, like when I have like a Brussels sprout pureed soup that I'm putting on top of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Um, you know, like, um, that like green bean casserole with the fried onion things. You could put this on top of that. Oh, for sure. I enjoy the Buffalo and ranch mix, but I think the ranch mix in there is part of the thing that makes it feel like I would feel it was putrid. If I got back in the car and the car smelled like that. I'm into it. I don't mind stinking. I would like to move on to another listener and friend to the show gift. Woo! Liz Prince, noted Sagittarian, friend to the show we haven't seen in too long, sent me this for my birthday. Dear Nicole, I have gifted you a bag of Needham's, a main confection specialty. Think a creamier, richer Mounds candy bar. These coconut chocolates are made with potatoes. Ugh. They are totes vegan. And if you feel like sharing, maybe you and Morgan can review them on the podcast. Oh love Liz. Liz, we love, love you. Liz. I've never met you, Liz, but I feel like now I know you. 
Wow. So this is like a mounds bar, but it's got a potato. Ooh, good, good old timey packaging with some rope motif. Sacred and the most particular to Maine, the legendary Needham. A time-honored sweet crafted in small batches with rich coconut and creamy potato. Yes, the noble spud dipped in luscious dark chocolate. Enjoy this iconic Maine treat. Oh my goodness. I'm yes, so the noble excited. spud. The noble spud. Wow. Mm. Okay. So I, I broke one open for you. Oh my God. Mm. Wonderful. I'm all in. I'm 100% in. Mm. Wow. Wow, the noble spud. You know, I really just think there's nothing the potato can't do. Like, you'd never eat this and think potato, but I'm sure it's doing something like really important for the texture of this. I'm just sure of it. Also, mm. I think I've mentioned before that there was like a chain in the 80s in LA from whence I, from whence I came um called spud nuts which was like a potato donut mm -hmm. yeah and they were like real soft and stuff i think there might be like one or two scragglers still left in the world but again like you know potato bread it's all soft and smushy mm -hmm. i think like potatoes they're incredible this is a delicious candy bar Ooh, wonderful if people can order this online it's from bixby and co it appears that BixbyCo.com has a website. You can follow them on Instagram at BixbyCo, B-I-X-B-Y Co. And you can try to find your own Needham's rich chocolate and creamy potato. Wait, what's this candy called again? Needham's. Oh, just Needham. This is it. We are eating a Needham. <laughs> a singular. Um, and I want you to see on the package, there is a picture of an octopus. There is a picture of some oh, kind okay. of historic building there's a picture yeah. of uh, a wheel of a ship and a sailboat and a coconut and a coconut. coconut in maine i don't understand but the rest of it seems very maine i don't either but i'm into it wow liz i do thank Morgan, you just the other day i was watching chopped oh yeah i've heard of it and they were using the word noble to describe a dish and Ooh. I want, they were talking about basically, a, this is not vegan friendly, but a chef was, had turned some kind of like horrifying heart meat into something that was a delight for the judges. And she was like, I feel, she was French, I'm not gonna do this well. I feel the best part of cooking is to learn how to butcher the meat to make it a more noble slice of meat, <laughs> no matter the cost. And they were talking, they used, they kept using that word about the nobility of the cut and the nobility of the food. And then I hear it again here at the noble potato. I mean, I would call it a potato humble, honestly. I don't know if I would call it a noble spud, but have you I ever called food noble? Uh, I feel like the, the heat is on. Me thinks not. Me thinks not. I mean, I you mean, don't I have will from now on the noble spud, obviously. I'm just going to try to start using it. Also, I realized at some point I was hanging out with a senior citizen who referred to a meal as gorgeous. Oh yeah. Look at this good. gorgeous meal. And it just made me think that that was like a real sign of <laughs> a particular age. Nobility. <laughs> Morgan, can I give you four chopped ingredients and you tell me what you would make? Oh shoot. Okay. For either appetizer or entree round. 
Wow. I really have not prepared for this, but I'll try. I'm not my sharpest today. I know. Maybe I know you haven't. Me in the zone. We can even pause. The ingredients are chef. Okay. Watermelon. Okay. Sweet potatoes. Okay. Knockwurst, which we can say is like a, a vegan Ooh. hot dog. Okay. Let's just say vegan hot dog and almond butter. Ew. Does it have to be one cohesive dish? You have to find a way for this to all go together on the same well, plate. Okay. I'd probably make a savory almond butter sauce, um, you know, for the um, sausages, which maybe I would um, sear. And then also I might do some, you know, a tower of rounds, like some sweet potato rounds, tower, like sausage round. We're going real, you know, yeah. um, you know, okay. And so then maybe um, we've got a savory almond butter sauce and then, um, what, what style of savory? Like a gravy kind of sauce or like a... Not a gravy. We're going um, for gorgeous, noble, and elevated. So. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, more like something... Okay, so I actually have... I don't know what knockwurst tastes like. So It's like a hot dog. It tastes like a hot dog. Ew, gross. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so maybe we're going caramelized onions, some more like, you know, thyme, fresh herbs and stuff like that. Mm. Um, yeah, well, like, let's sort of like, you know, travel the thyme route. Maybe something like... Um, a little oh okay yeah and then we're gonna top it we're gonna skewer it with like some kind of herby skewer like a rosemary or something you know weird that I don't even know what it is like a woody stem I'm literally looking into my yard like what's out what's out there what's out there like a cedar okay yeah so we're skewering it with a like a cedar and then we're gonna dust it with uh, um some um freeze-dried because you know we've got like nitrous what what's yeah. that yeah, yeah you have all you have all the gas molecular yeah, gastronomy yeah. stuff we're going to do some air we're going to serve it with some air and then we're going to um do some freeze-dried watermelon and freeze-dried lemon peel to dust on the top and then it's going to be a long tower that you have to like um disassemble with your cedar skewer or your rosemary skewer you know and um and um then um that's it that is <laughs> Thank you, Chef Morgan. Feeling noble as hell right now. <laughs> Listeners may not know this, or I may not have mentioned it for a while, but at some point in Portland, Oregon, there was Vegan Iron Chef. It was true. a live event put on by some local ambitious vegans. They rented out a huge space. Yeah. They got stoves. They got refrigerators. Three full-size, like, <laughs> residential stoves. Like, not burners, like... Full, I was like, how do they get ovens in here? Like they got oh, ovens? Yeah. Like just in like a warehouse space that was like a party space, not a cooking school. No, like they assembled this whole dang thing. And then I was the host with Issa Chandra Moskowitz and Morgan was one of the contenders of three. It was true. I didn't win. Actually, we, it was a team effort. You could have won. I, we were robbed. Won. Truly. They were wrapped. But their secret ingredient, which I also think was like kind of like a softball, was yeah, ginger. It was ginger. I mean, it should have been like, you know, vegan haggis. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to, you better watch out for my chopped challenge. You I get, watch out. getting something like vegan haggis. <laughs> I want to say with the chopped ingredients, watermelon, sweet potatoes, knockwurst, almond butter, I would make, what would you make? Because I've thought of this. Cause now every time I watch chopped, I pause it. And I think, yeah, yeah. I would make like a wasabi watermelon salad yeah. situation on the side. Light. And then I think I would go, um, a kind of a Japanese root 
like maybe even a sushi roll or like one of those like sushi balls. Because I remember reading in a zine a long time ago, Adrian Tomain, the Japanese cartoonist talked about as a kid eating stir fried hot dogs. So we had this recipe in a zine a million years ago that's like soy sauce, sugar, and maybe ketchup all mixed together. And then you are basically like making these caramelized hot dogs. I think this kind of food also went to Hawaii with like Japanese people that lived in Hawaii. So this, it would be a little bit like that. Like, I think that you could find this dish in Hawaii, not the wasabi watermelon, but so, you know, maybe like a ball of rice, some and or in a roll with some kind of stir fried hot dogs mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. stir fried or tempura sweet potatoes. Ooh. And then the almond butter, I would make a sauce for sure. Like I would make almost like a peanut sauce. This is a little pan Asian situation happening. I would make some kind of peanut sauce that rhymed or that worked well with mm -hmm. these, with these dishes. Ooh. Also, um, thing I've always been curious about is, you know, those, um, crunchy rice, cracker chips that I love those dangs that like I'm like what is their mystery flavor and they're sweetened with watermelon juice <gasps> I wonder if we could do some like crispy rice um you know disc to elegantly serve this masterpiece on like we like get to, I don't know how any of that's made but maybe we'll yeah we'll try it we're gonna go wild on this and just try it maybe the judges will like it chef Morgan what how much time did you have to make your food on vegan iron chef I don't know, but I, all I do remember was it was at least 100 plus degrees in there. And so with like three home ovens cranked in this warehouse space midsummer with like my mom, like waving a little like pennant flag that we had made, she was like, wee, this is great for you. This is great. Um, I just was like, wow, we are going to just pass the hell out. And I remember sort of like frisbeeing like a cherry ginger galette at the last minute. It was like too hot. And we're like, Aah! you know, um, you had to make every course. You had to make a main and a dessert. Yeah, we did. And or did I, we have, was there three courses and ginger was the thing for every course? Cause I remember you made peanut noodles and I remember you made the galettes. Yeah. And then there was like, we made some kind of like ginger limeade sip, like palate cleanser. I think, I think there was something else that I can't remember. It was mm, at least 10 years ago, but probably longer. The controversy was someone who shall not be named <laughs> Voldemort. They had some ice cream. They did. They maybe, maybe them bringing in their own ice cream maker was the controversial part. And the fact that they got X ex, quote unquote extra time yeah. because they wanted their ice cream to stay in the freezer until the last possible minute with the judges, where if you've watched chopped or whatever, you know, tough. once the ice cream's out of the machine, tough shit. That's the texture you're going to get. Titties. Yep. Uh -huh. That was the controversial part, I remember. Yeah, and then the, the judges were very impressed with their like cold, delicious ice cream. But I was like, we pulled a skelet out of the oven, like whether it was done or not, you don't get time to let it rest. No. 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 Absolutely not. Today's episode is brought to you by Emily Helmus, Shoshana Ruth Wechter, Christy Harrod, and Joey Soloway. If you would like to support Sagittarian Matters, in particular, producer Chris Sutton, please send $5, $5 million, that's your business, via PayPal to hornetleg at gmail.com. Or, this just in, he's got a Venmo. It's Hell Books on Venmo. H-E, double hockey sticks, books. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to saying your name on the podcast. Producer Ponyo looks forward to it, too. Don't be scared. That's just Ponyo's speaking voice. 
Dear Sagittarian Matters, I have an appreciation and a question for you. Wow. Thank you, first of all, for creating the podcast that makes me laugh the most and opens my mind to the wonderful ideas, recipes, concepts, books, and everything you give advice on. I laugh so hard and think so much after each episode and often find myself Googling the things you bring up. I really love... I really loved hearing about the saga of the beloved scooter. That's the squirrel that I rescued at the beginning of quarantine. Mm. Nicole, you are so funny and (laughs) guests are just awesome. This is, this is tickling me listener. I love any and all producer Ponyo stories and our narrations you give as well. And thank you, producer Chris, for being such a great producer. I love this cast so much. Okay. My question for Sagittarian matters is about sauces. I'm looking for new, awesome sauces I can stock up on and add to salads and foods and have it pop with amazing flavors. I would love to hear about your or your vegan cooking friends' top 10 plus. 10? Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry I didn't tell you ahead of time to prepare. Favorite (laughs) sauces that you make at home or store by, especially if it goes well with tempeh. Thank you so much for such great content from Love Searching for Sauces in Berkeley, California. Oh, yeah. Okay. I want to talk. Let me talk tempeh while you gather your 10 plus sauces. I've got tempeh. (laughs) I've got tempeh defrosting right now. I like, I may have said this on the show before. My friend Lucas and I once, we were kind of broke young punks. We tried a certain sesame tempeh from the Whole Foods hot bar mm-hmm. and it was so delicious, but it was like $7.99 a pound. And at the time that felt like $1,400 a pound. Mm-hmm. So we came home and just figured it out ourselves. It was sesame sauce, sweet chili sauce, <laughs> sorry, sesame oil, sweet chili sauce, uh, some soy sauce and a little bit of mustard. Mm. And that sweet chili sauce, um, you can get it from an Asian grocery store. It's like the kind that's in a big bottle and it's hot pink. It's like mm-hmm. bright pink with little flecks in it. That's what I'm talking about. You can also get it. There's like the kind of like Asian aisle brand, whatever brand that's like at Joe Normal, like Nicole's doing air quotes, Safeway yeah. grocery store, you know, that's like ethnic food. Like you can find sweet chili oil, sweet chili sauce there. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's not as good as if you just go to like a Fubon or wherever and just get like the actual thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you get that, you kind of whisk it up with your fork. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoy steaming my tempeh. Mm-hmm. I like steaming it open. Mm-hmm. I like to like have some kind of just base sort of soy saucy kind of broth that I steam it in a little bit. You don't mm-hmm. need very much, just like a, well, like a quarter of an inch of that to let the tempeh open. Then you take the tempeh out, you clean out the pan, you put oil in there, Mm -hmm. you return it to the pan to fry it. Mm -hmm. You could either pre-sauce it before then, or just toss it in the sauce after it's fried. It's up, it's your prerogative. Mm -hmm. I think in this case, it might be really nice. I mean, like if you're looking for it to caramelize, then Mm -hmm. go ahead and toss it with a sauce beforehand. I also like tempeh just tossed with maple syrup and soy sauce and then return to that pan and let it caramelize a little bit. It's great in sushi. It's great on top of noodles. It goes along with anybody. It gets along with broccoli. (laughs) Plays nicely with. All right, Morgan, what else do you have for tempeh? Uh, I love tempeh and I just so strongly think it is underappreciated. I can't encourage you to give it a try enough. Um, roasted, sauteed, etc. Let's see. Things I typically do with tempeh, I will kind of like put it on a sheet pan. You know, one where it's not like, you know, lonely. It likes to kind of be squeezed in. But like oil, 
soy sauce, roast the hell out of it, flip it, roast the hell out of it, and then garlic powder, pepper, whatever. Um, that's a great one. You know, again, like a, a soy sauce, like any kind of a soy sauce, any kind, take your favorite one, and then a vinegar of your choice or an acid, like either a lemon juice or a balsamic or a, I know it sounds weird, but just, just bear with me on it. Or lime. Or lime. Um, yeah. So anything tart with like the salty, cause those are kind of two of my, my faves. And then if you feel like adding a little sweet, like a maple or whatever of your choice, um, you know, that's, that's a good kind of, those are like my go-to kind of flavor profiles. They're not really sauces, but they're sort of like, you know, working formulas, if you will. Um, but in the pre-made sauce department, let's see. Well, let's back up, not pre-made. Obviously a peanut sauce. Let's and talk about it. Nicole revealed her root here, which is this sauce made of sauces. And like, <laughs> it's a page I've just fully stolen. It's great. Literally take every chili sauce you have in your fridge, mix them together, mix them with peanut sauce, add a tiny bit of sweetness and ginger. And like, that's, it's going to be better than you think. It's going to it be, um, it's delightful. Peanut um, butter. Peanut butter. Something spicy. Something sweet. My sweet, I like hoisin sauce. Yeah. If I can get it. And then something salty. You got a soy sauce in there. French of the show, Nate, add some coconut milk. Yeah, do Does it. his on the stove. And it looks real gross when you stir water in it. It'll like seize up and break and then just keep adding water and keep stirring. And then it'll get smooth and creamy. Also a weird thing about like the nut and seed sauce family is they always um, thicken when you put them in the fridge. So if you make a batch and you're like, this is perfect, this is wonderful, then you put it in the fridge, it's rock hard. So you have to kind of warm it to use it the next <clears throat> day, but don't be scared. I love, okay, so next in the seed and nut department, obviously a tahini, a dressing or a sauce. I like that one a little more savory, less sweet. So like a oh, tahini, yeah. a lemon. I weirdly love a dehydrated onion flake in there. Ooh. I don't know why. They just are good. They taste like, I don't know, like, you know, boxed soup mix in a good way. <laughs> they just are good. And then, yeah, lemon, garlic, like two drops of sesame oil and then water or maybe just no, no sesame oil. I made some weird mistake where I added like a fat and a water and it broke. And then I had to add so much water that I ended up with like a quart of this like kind of bad tahini sauce that oh, I no. flogged through and ate. But um, yeah, maybe it was some kind of vegan butter. But... Oh, so tahini lemon, garlic, salt, or soy sauce. Yeah. And then anything else you add is just bonus. Yeah. You want to add parsley? Cool. You want to yeah. add something spicy? Wonderful. Yeah, exactly. You want to add a different, like a lime? Yeah. But so a tahini sauce, you can use on a sweet potato. You can use it on a salad. Mm. You can use it over vegetables and all these things, the same with a peanut sauce. And listeners know one of my favorite go-to foods, which by the way, whenever I play Chopped at home, I'm always thinking of different salad roll combinations, yes. but a salad roll, there's nothing mm -hmm. better. If you need to get rid of a bunch of vegetables, roll them up in your rice paper. Mm -hmm. Morgan, what about a gravy? You uh, actually, people don't know this, but you're famous. <laughs> for your tempeh and gravy, tempeh biscuits and gravy that you used to have at Dovetail Bakery. It's true. I'm fully crediting, crediting a former employee with that, Rosa. She was like, you know, I just make this gravy. And then she like winged it a bunch. She was a real character. Her job application was a tiny zine <gasps> made for the application of a job, not for any other purpose. It wasn't like, I got this around. She made a zine and brought it in and was like, I'd like to work here. And I was like, 
uh, yeah, okay, that sounds cool. Um, <laughs> and so, how could you say no? I know, but it was like all of the dried herbs you have in your pantry where you're like, why would you put dried basil in there? I don't, I don't even remember what was in it, but like way too many dried herbs, tons of them, a lot of onions, a lot of garlic, sauteed, then a kind of a roux-ish vibe, you know, with like some toasty flour and then some, I think unsweetened soy milk that we would use all the time by this local company. And then like pureed cashews, like mm, not quite butter consistency, but not quite milk, whatever in between is milkshake. And so then you whisk it in, you know, and um, that was a, just a delight. Again, a thing that like I fully credit someone else with, but like, mm, thank you. I love like, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of foresight. So if I decide to make a gravy or a nutritional yeast sauce, mm -hmm. and I want to add cashews. I will just boil water that minute and soak them in the boiling water for like 10 minutes and then puree them by themselves. But I think the soaking them, you know, you're supposed to soak them for thus amount of time. And if you don't do that, just try boiling water or boiling them on a pan on the stove, just to like, to have them chill out a little bit. I stopped soaking them years ago. I I know this is probably like not like according to manufacturer's directions, but um, I just put the cashews in the blender and pour boiling water directly in there. Mm. Works like a dream. Works like a dream. Maybe not like a plastic, like a fragile plastic, but yeah, they get super creamy. I'm like, wait, what have I been doing? Why am I? I I, hate, I don't like doing steps that you, are not necessary. It hey, like gives, gives you something like that. You can't get otherwise like I'm I'll, I'm into it that's fine but like like this is the exact same as saving myself 12 hours you know and like you know 12 hours where you would just be sitting and staring at them I'm watching them do they look plump yet well you know the world's best kept secret is that I haven't drained my tofu or pressed my tofu since I was a teenager I never pressed my tofu no I never knew oh. Friend to the yeah. show, Nate showed me that he got an Instagram targeted ad that was some kind of tofu pressing device or machine. I think I've seen this exactly same thing. I haven't gotten this targeted to me because they just know I'm not going to do that. <laughs> They're saving their energy for hustling you other stuff. You just don't. I mean, if a tofu's wet, it'll the wet will just cook off. I don't see what the big yeah. deal is. Yeah, nothing's going to happen. It's not yeah. going to be a soup. I know. It's like you spend ten minutes pressing or ten minutes cooking. Just cook it. Just cook it. It's fine. Yeah. Just spend 10 minutes dancing with your dog, doing a slow dance in the living room instead of sitting with like 10 books on top of your tofu block, letting it run its gross milky water into the sink. I know. And then you have like a hundred wet dish towels or like so many soggy paper towels or like this teeter totter of like cutting Plates. board. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, that's fine. Nobody needs this. Um, so I like that gravy. I, I would generally will just do because I'm I'm not as expansively minded as Rosa was. I will just often do rosemary, like rosemary from the yard, just right. clip it, do that with onions, and then yeah, make a roux. Listeners, if you haven't made a roux, look it up. R O U X. It's so easy. It's basically just means flour and water, and it's just like sift or whisking it together until it's thick, and then it's adding more water. So then you're creating, then it's getting bigger. Just mm -hmm. adding water, adding flour. It's just like a fun project. And often you like will fry or toast the flour in some kind of fat first. If anyone is interested, I feel like I learned this skill and learned some of my favorite nutritional yeast cheese recipes from the new farm cookbook, mm -hmm. which is an olden times, seventies hippie vegetarian cookbook, but it really does have a delicious vegan pot pie. It has delicious nutritional yeast cheese. It was just like before all of the vegan technological innovations that we 
live with today, this is what we had. They're like real swirly illustrations of like some trippy soybeans getting turned into tofu and like some other stuff, some paisleys. Um, I think there's a recipe on how to make Yuba, Nicole, your favorite. There is. I was just telling <laughs> someone the other day about the ill-fated Yuba knots that made me fart more than anything I've ever experienced in my whole life. You're welcome. I warned you. I don't know how they do it. I just, I warned you though. I know. Um, so those are the sauces I can think of off the top of my head that just live with me. I mean, I also always have some like pre-made stuff, like, you know, I'll get yum sauce just cause like, you're like, I don't know. I got some weird roasted vegetables or like, I have like half of a potato four Brussels sprouts. You know, you just like, are like, I just have to roast all these things. And I just want something easy to put on top of it. Yum sauce well, or something analogous. I remember once as a young person, I was at the grocery store and I saw this kind of like older gay couple that were married. And I was like, you guys seem like, you know what you're doing. How do I eat more vegetables? And they were like, oh, you just have to get a good sauce. Just get whatever vegetables you want and just make, learn how to make a couple good sauces. And then you'll, true. you'll be fine forever. It's true. I feel also the same way about soups. Just put it all in a soup, get your basic soup timing down. And then it's like, whatever you have, you'll never go hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yum sauce for people who don't know is a regional treat. I think you can probably get it in the Bay area. If you truly are from the Bay area listener, it's basically a nutritional yeast sauce with some other stuff in it. You can look it up because there's recipes online. It's just yum. Like the word yum. It might have too Letter many M's. M. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but check it out. You can either get it, you could get it shipped to you, but you don't need to, you could also just make your own. And it's so nice to have around. I surprisingly from the yum cafe, enjoy it with a teriyaki tofu what? and the ter or sorry, teriyaki tempeh that mm. they make there, which one could make at home by just buying some kind of teriyaki sauce off the shelf, mm -hmm. doing your steaming and your frying with your kind of, your kind of soy sauce tempeh, and then tossing it in teriyaki sauce, bringing it back to the pan, letting that caramelize a little bit delicious. You could have it with some vegetables or white rice or cauliflower rice, and then add a side of yum sauce, which is weird, but very good. It sounds delightful. Um, I also, um, oh, I was going to say something. I just lost my train of thought because I was paying attention to you talk about food and it sounded delightful. Woo! Well, I'll have to, I'll have to regain. Oh, I was just going to say it sounds unexciting, but like get some fresh salsa that you love, use it for your salsa applications and then just like freeze the rest and like throwing that in with like some greens or some tofu or whatever is also really great because it's everything you already like and it's pre-made and use it as like an ingredient not just as a topping um mm -hmm. and you can combine it with some other stuff that's really um it's really you know that's like the boringest tip I'm sorry can well, I well this is how I feel about kimchi yeah I like to even if you don't know what you're going to eat it with now, just get yourself some sauerkraut or some salsa or some kimchi for the week, mm -hmm. something a little fermented, something a little spicy. Mm -hmm. I love adding kimchi to a curry. That's one of my favorite mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. I like standing at the counter with an avocado and kimchi and some havoc chips and just making my own yeah. little tiny fusion nachos just mm -hmm. by dipping. It's, it's really a stand and chew snack. It's not a sitting snack. It's a, like, you have just the avocado in a spoon, you have your chip, you assemble it, you just shove it in your mouth. Yeah. You could put kimchi in a salad roll. You put kimchi on a curry. Yeah. You could stir fry kimchi with your rice or your cauliflower rice. If you're making fried rice, think about kimchi fried rice as an actual dish at a place. You mm -hmm. can make that at home. 
Mm, you can make that at home. You can make well, it. Also, I mean, similar like sauerkraut, you have that. Why not make a tempeh Reuben at home? Why mm-hmm. not? What else can you make of sauerkraut? I don't know, but like having Every, these little fermented things. Everything. Just like put it on like a taco, put it on a, whatever it is that you're eating, put it on pizza. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure if it's good, but just try it. Like salad on pizza is a delight and it's just, <laughs> it's just so good. Have you not had Nicole? I've not had it. Pizza um, salad, it's so good. Like an arugula salad that's all dressed with like, you know, a little slice of pear and maybe some, I've been really loving the Violife Parmesan, mm. like a candied nut on top of a slice of whatever pizza you love, just a mountain of greens. It's so good. I think what we're doing is we're exploding the concept of a sauce. Mm -hmm. We're Mm -hmm. looking at it from all angles, including it uh, like a wet fermented condiment and also a salad. Is a salad a sauce? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also like to get, I have to look up what it's called. Like maybe one second. Okay, Nicole's looking, and I just remembered another thing I love to do, which is a pesto of any herb. Um, mm-hmm. can, like, a parsley pesto is a delight, and I know basil sometimes is like so expensive or hard to find or just looks gross. You're like, I need 20 packages of this to just make like a dish of pasta. Um, parsley pesto, delight. Cilantro pesto, incredible. Um, like whatever fresh herb you like. Guess what? A mixed herb pesto. Why not? Um, I also love like a roasted red peppery thing. Like I would say categories, roasted red peppery thing, you know, some kind of like nut, like a, in the family of a Romesco, like a nut, um, an acid, red pepper, maybe some oil, um, a pesto, like any kind of fresh herb. There's also jug, which I'm not an expert on and I don't know how to pronounce, but another good fresh herb sauce topping. Nicole's giving it a jam. Big thumbs up. I want to tell you two sauces that you can get at the store. You can get Jug. They even have it at Trader Joe's in the cold section. We like to get it, me and Pano from Wolfenbears in Portland, Oregon. So delicious. Uh, They have, they have it in LA at Dune, but it's not quite as good. The yellow sauce at Dune is better. But if you're going to the grocery store, Italian Bomba hot pepper sauce made with Calabrian chili peppers is so delicious and it will give you a reason to wake up in the morning and try to make pasta. Another thing I really like is a Korean sauce that is called, I may say it wrong, gochujang. And that is like a red chili paste sauce. So good. Having these in the cupboard, not only do they help me if I want to like amend a different sauce, but they inspire me to make something based on the sauce. I, I second this all the way, a pure delight. There is a really good local company called Mother-in-Law's, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got like a bunch of different gochujangs that are so good. And I've added to, you know, every sauce pretty much. They're great in a peanut sauce. Yeah, I was just thinking that. Wonderful oh. in a peanut sauce. Yeah. I think I that we did a good job can. answering these questions. Yeah, but I think, and then of course, <laughs> I would be remiss remiss not to mention um salad dressing we you all like know salad I- dressing <laughs> we know i love salad and i i mean it's definitely been over a decade that i've been eating the same ponzi oh she's just curled up like a little cashew um she um i'm sorry i'm sorry salad dressing salad dressing um, King, please like, tell me about salad dressing <laughs> get one that you like my ghost go-to is really garlicky sauteed in olive oil with apple cider vinegar salt pepper and olive oil and then more um that's it more olive oil it just is like good on every incarnation you know squeeze it up jazz it up with a little citrus 
put a little grapefruit in there. You got a whole new thing going on, but it's, you know, it's a sauce and it's definitely my top go-to. I've made it more than any other sauce in my life. I want to mention two more flavor sensations. You tell. One flavor sensation is, so basically these are like when I want takeout from these places, but I'm either being too lazy or cheap or the (laughs) wait time is too long. One of the things I dream about are the Mm. shawarma fries from Aviv. And that's French fries that have a tahini sauce on them and soy curls, and then some kind of grain sauce I'm imagining as a jug, something like that. You can make that at home. You can make tahini sauce. You can make soy curls. You can have that at home. So easy. It's not a big deal. Those things go together. I wouldn't normally think tahini plus soy curls, but here we are. Mm -hmm. The other thing that will come to mind that I'll be like, and I just make it at home or something inspired by our PB and J fries from potato champion. I haven't had for a long time. You can have it on tater tots. You can have it on a French fry. It's basically a French fry with a peanut sauce and then like a spicy raspberry sauce. Whoa. I think there's another word for sauce, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, but it's like a little dab of this, like very spicy kind of jam mm-hmm. that's on top of this peanut sauce and it mixes really well. And it's great. If you have one of my other things, that's one of my favorites to always have on hand is sambal, mm-hmm. which is another kind of chili sauce. And to have some of that and then salt and pepper on top of that, it is wild. It's wildly delicious. Wildly delicious. Noble. It's gorgeous. It's noble. It's humble. We're really celebrating the noble spud today. We are. We are. That was fries and fries. Hi, listeners. It's me, Nicole. If you would like to support me and Ponyo, in particular, our comics and animal illustrations, go to patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. And for as little as $2 a month, you can have access to hundreds of pages of otherwise unpublished diary comics. For the price of one cold brew plus tip, you can become an honorary Sagittarian. And for the price of two vegan cupcakes or two vegan donuts, you can become a Ponyo's Friend Club member, at which point you really start raking in goods, including new buttons. Check it out. Patreon.com slash Nicole J. Georges. Morgan, I wonder, do you have any general food things that are exciting you lately that we haven't already talked about? Or do you have anything to say to listeners knowing that we are about to round the bend into a contagious, a different contagious COVID zone? Yeah. Do you... You have anything to say to listeners? I don't know. There's too many things to say. Keep your head up, you know, just keep taking care of each other and yourselves in the spirit of, you know, COVID consent, just, you know, know that we're all trying our best and we don't know everything about anybody. And so respect people's boundaries when they say them and, you know, try something new in the kitchen. um, If you're into cooking or, um, you know, maybe safely prepare some food and and share it with a friend. I really don't know. Just do whatever you have to do to kind of keep, keep your head up as much as possible. It's, it's month 11 or 10 or whatever. I've lost count, but um, yeah. Also, thank you for the snacks, everybody. That's what I really want to say. What a delight. And I can't wait to do chopped and um, 
in real time with real ingredients one day. Listeners, you heard me talk about this when Karen Tongson was on the show, but if you're looking for something fun to do with your friends that is good via Zoom that you couldn't do off of Zoom unless you created your own weird mega kitchen is play chopped Zoom edition with your friends. You don't have to be in the same town, but you could. Um, I basically think one person should just be like the maestro of events. Yeah. Choose the weird ingredients and you either send them to people or you drop them off at their house or you have their partner secretly get it if they are game. Um, these ingredients, this weird basket appears on their porch and they Um, then have, you can decide if you want to do three rounds, usually on chopped appetizer is 20 minutes. I think entrees so fast. I know. I think entrees 20 or 30 and then dessert is 30. For some reason, dessert is like longer than the other ones. Anyway, you could have three rounds. I think it's best if you can have a taster who's like their spouse or their neighbor or somebody who's not the cook to mm-hmm. taste their thing and rate it. Um, so, and then you just, you know, maybe you turn off your zoom cameras, maybe keep your zoom camera on while everyone's doing their thing. And then you kind of meet together. But I really think chopped with each other from afar to me is like the new murder mystery party. Oh my God. I'm really into it. Also, was it iron chef where there was the maestro with the, like, um, yeah, you know, really brushed out hair and the silky shirts and you would crunch that pepper real hard. The chairman, the chairman maestro. Yeah. I still, I still up until very recently, I'd be like, uh, whenever I had a question about something and general nine times out of 10, the people I was around did not get the reference. Ah, really? Yeah. That show had like, uh, yes, this. It looks like chef Morgan is cutting into that pepper, but leaving the seeds. Hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> the bitter flavor in the seeds. Um, that styling, his style was just like, I, I might, I might say iconic. If anyone listening is too young to know, I want you to know Food Network in America got its legs by airing Iron Chef, which was from Japan. And it is this extravagant, incredible show. There's, it's called Kitchen Stadium. And every time, and the chefs come up from beneath the earth on a platform and this music plays goes, and then they run. All kinds of like dry ice, smoke machine. And they're all standing in front of a giant banner with their own face on it. And the contender, there's like a guest contender from all around the world. These chefs come, they're like the best of their kind. And there's like this whole, you know, package montage of them being like, I am the best at cooking fish. And I can't wait to come on to Iron Chef to challenge Chef Chinese. There's one chef that is really good at Chinese food, one chef that's really good at French food, one chef that's really good at Italian food, one chef that's really good at at Japanese food, and the contender gets to choose who they want to go up against. But they all rise from the earth for the person to choose from. And it's like the Hunger Games. They choose their competitor. (laughs) And like the chairman and the judges are like, you know, 700 feet up in the air. They're so high up. It's like unnecessarily tall. Oh, God. And they look down on them and then there's um, like voiceovers because all of the judges are Japanese. And so the voice, they have like these like American voiceover actors doing their voices. It's just, it's a delight. I would, if it was me going back as a vegan, I would cherry pick the episodes to make sure you're not watching. Sometimes like when there's like a live fish, a live octopus, that's out of my realm of being able to watch it. But you can kind of look online and see like, what's the best vegetarian episode or what's the best vegetable episode? Oh my God. And sometimes they're like, this is, you know, like this mushroom 
you know, whatever. And then they do like a whole little like intro bio to the mushroom where they're like, have you heard of mushrooms? They grow in the forest, neither Mm. animal nor plant. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like today's ingredient is like, you know, chrysanthemum or something they have to, and, and they've got like, it is like, it also is the root of all other cooking shows that like you see now. It's a hundred percent true. It's so good. God, I want Every to- other cooking show and listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. If there's a precursor to Iron Chef, kind of like when I learned that little Richard had ripped off his whole persona from somebody else. If Iron Chef has ripped off its persona from somebody else, I can enjoy them both, but I just want to know. I want to watch. I want to watch. But as far as I know, Iron Chef was the beginning. People got into that. And from that, the Food Network sprang. So any of this Cutthroat Kitchen, mm-hmm. Chopped, MasterChef. All of them. Hell's Kitchen. All okay. of these stem from MasterChef. Morgan, you and I have watched Cutthroat Kitchen. I've been trying, you know, now in month 11, I've gotten Kaya into it a little bit. Whoa. The other day, somebody had to use just bread as their cooking device. <laughs> Somebody had to you do all their cooking in a ladle. That one's, I mean, that makes sense. I know your favorite was when I told you I saw someone make minestrone soup in a Keurig. <laughs> yes. Or I think there was one episode where their only cooking utensil was tinfoil. That, that to me right now, that feels generous based on the it's, things I've seen them do to each other. They made some guy wear some kind of SM sort of like handcuff to a board kind of thing. Like stockades or whatever. Yeah. It was like a stockade that he had to wear around the kitchen and like pick up things with his hands and stockades. Uh, (laughs) Maybe that's like what we should do. We should have an, um, you know, a home version, a zoom version of cutthroat kitchen. Well, the thing about cutthroat people who don't know what I'm talking about, it's a cooking show where you can foil your opponents by giving them these preset challenges, such as make your minestrone soup in a Keurig. (laughs) and then the judge has to eat it not knowing that you made it in a Keurig they're just eating it being like is this minestrone soup yes or no but the best one I saw was like so simple was that if you get this challenge you can make two of your competitors hold hands for the rest of the competition (laughs) and so two people had to finish all their cooking at different chef stations holding hands with each other a lot harder than it seems a lot harder (laughs) I I have to say I'm not that far away from just playing hide and seek with my partner in the house here in month 11 let's get fun where we can have it I I, cheers to that celebrate every joy every victory (laughs) hide and seek hold hands while you're cooking (laughs) also one time um uh Torrance and I made this like uh fancy meal that took us way too long I don't even remember what it was um but like she did all the plating and there was like a like a fence of sweet potatoes blocking some tower of it. And it was like the ploppiest plating, but the plating was the funnest part. So maybe, you know, consider plating, individually plating your meals as fancy as you possibly can with whatever you have around. And that might, you know, spice up your dinner if you know what I mean. Are we gonna look back on this someday and be like, remember when we were trapped in our homes for a year? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, you could play hide and seek. You could cook all your food in a ladle. <laughs> and then we made our food tall on a plate and it was so funny we laughed for her so long <laughs> just try it just try it you know what I challenge you to not laugh you have some beans at your house and I want to read you the really sweet note that came with it from listener Emily Helmus. dear Sagittarian Matters Thank you for continuing to keep your podcast going strong through the hellacious months of the pandemic. My life is a little less lonely because of it. 
Listening feels like hanging out with old friends. Oh my God. Hope these bean snacks are good. I haven't tasted them yet. (gasps) Love, Emily. And look at this cute little card with an old-fashioned stove and a hedgehog sticker that says, what's cooking? Oh my God, that is so cute. That is so nice. Listeners, it is our pleasure keeping you company during the pandemic. You're keeping me company and getting to talk to Morgan about food in particular. This is the best. Enriches my life. I feel, I mean, I'm not joking and I am a sap. I own it 100%. I feel really lucky. Are you kidding? You shared snacks with us? Beans, no less? She sh- These people shipped these snacks to my home. I know. Actually, I just want to say one thing to Will, which mm-hmm. is that maybe I'll try to snap a picture and share it, which is there is a full-size billboard celebrating chocolate hummus right in our neighborhood. <laughs> the hummus company that makes this is like, celebrate the season or whatever. It's something like holiday and festive, um, which apparently chocolate hummus is a... A, a festive food for celebration. And um, I was like, yes. I like that they tried to pull that. Oh, they did. It's there. It's <laughs> They're like, there. okay, people don't like chocolate hummus. I get it. What if we call it a spread? Okay, it's still not selling. <laughs> One more thing. You know what they like every year is a tradition, especially <laughs> now. There's a lot of time to think about food and tradition because that's all you have left. How about we market it as the traditional holiday snack? Traditional holiday snack. You know, I will say chocolate hummus has gotten a lot more airtime than their other sweet, in quotes, seasonal flavors, such as cranberry walnut. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you thought it was one, but it's not. Okay, what do we have here? I gave you the original bags. I have mine in Ziplocs and Tupperwares. They look really, um, you know, like boldly colored. These are fava beans that have been dried. They're called Bada Boom. Bada bean, bada boom. And they're dry and crunchy. This is different Wait. than when Beth Pickens and I tried those like um, those wet beans in a bag. They're crunchy broad, broad beans. beans. But look at the ingredients on the back. What does it say? Does it say fava? Oh, it says broad bean in parentheses fava. Hey, I didn't know. They're one and the same. I never know that. They have a cocoa dusted flavor as well. Everyone really loves to like dabble in the sweet market. Are you trying sea salt first? Yeah. There's cocoa dust? They said, and sweet cinnamon and more. I think these are pretty good. How much protein are we talking about here? We're talking about blue packaged sea salt, fava, broad beans. What's the protein? Seven grams? Mm, Yeah. Wow. Nicely done, Nicole. I mean, they do make your mouth dry in that way that eating a dried bean is like, you know, not as the goddess intended, but I think they're crispy. This feels very much like eating a wasabi pea. Yeah. This is the same texture as a wasabi pea. It has the same weird sweetness on the outside as wasabi pea. It It just doesn't have the satisfying spice of a wasabi pea. I wonder what that technology is. Wasabi. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Wasabi? How do they get the texture? (laughs) Know what I'm saying? Is it like what? a, is it like a dry fry? Is it a fry? What do they do to this? I don't know. Well, I'm eating them all, so. Um, I give this a thumbs up. I don't know what the occasion is. Mm. Again, road trip. Bada bean, bada boom. I'm curious okay. how this will feel in my stomach. You love a dry crunch, Morgan. Crunchy is my favorite flavor. Crunch, I, I fear the day when my teeth can't keep up with my eating habits and, you know but I just want to crunch. 
as long as I possibly can. Okay, let's try. Mm. I'm sniffing. Sniffing. You are like a dog. I'm Don't sniffing a bada bean. Tossing them out here. This is barbecue. It's called smoky mesquite. I'm sorry, it's called mesquite barbecue. Mm -hmm. I like the salt better. Mm -hmm. The mesquite barbecue flavor has that sickly sweetness that a barbecue potato chip does Ooh. that turns me off. Like a I like, Lay's, like a gas station chip. Yeah, like a gas station, super sweet. Like it just tastes like so many chemicals in your mouth at once, like liquid smoke, plus some kind of weird stabilized sugar. Can I tell you that I read an oh, there's stevia in here. I read a whole um, breakdown of how they make liquid smoke. And it actually is like they take smoky wood or something like that and like steep it in stuff. It's natural. Isn't that weird? It is. I, I kind of remembered knowing that, but I couldn't back it up. So when I was trying to sell uh, somebody who likes natural foods on liquid smoke, they're like, what's in this? And I was like, I, <laughs> you're like, hey, don't good. Okay. You know what? I'm definitely going to finish both of these packages at a later occasion. Okay. Just for my own digestional health. But um, this is why I'm taking a pause. But um, I buy these. I think they're good. Bada boom. These are called. They're the driest of dry, crunchy snack. Okay, Morgan. Oh, do you want me do to read you? Do you want me to read you the copy on the bag? Yes, please. And then tell me if you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Oh my God. Here we go. Bold, period. Crunchy, period. Satisfying, period. Our snacks are made from broad beans, aka fava beans. That's what's printed. Roasted and seasoned to perfection. Tear open a bag of this protein packed snack and savor the flavor. Sometimes good snacking. It's just that simple. Bada bean, bada boom. How many people had to put their heads together to come up with bada bean, bada boom? I just really wish I'm putting the call out. Someone hire us to do this. Please. Please. We'd be happy we'll to. We'll taste, we'll tweak, we'll write copy. Well, you know, we'll, Nicole will record all of your commercials. Hey, do you like? Listen to my commercial voice. Hey. <laughs> what moves you? You deserve a snack that tastes as good as it makes you feel with ingredients you can pronounce <laughs> with flavors you crave. You're with not energy. yourself on this job, Nicole. By the way, well, the, the flavors I can pronounce include high oleic sunflower and or safflower <laughs> or maltodextrin. You did a great job of pronouncing. I think you're hired. You're like, did you know? This is stupid. <laughs> you're hired. <laughs> Close bag tightly to preserve the crunchy goodness. Mm, okay, crunch. so the crunch the crunch zone, what do you think of these cauliflower fossils? I, I, I would totally buy these. I don't know what the deal is. Nicole's, oh, I'm def definitely giving a thumbs up. They're weird, so just, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but I think they're good. <laughs> Take it with a grain of maltodextrin. I give it a side to thumbs up wow. uh, organic cauliflower bites from Rhythm. I think maybe get it one time, but eat it in an open air environment, like at the park. Yeah. So you don't have to smell it on yourself later. Like I wouldn't really want to do like Frenching after eating mm -hmm. one. You, you don't want to smell it coming back to you after it repels off someone else's mouth. Yeah. It's more like a snack, just like on a day on your own. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then the bada beans, I give them again, a sideways thumbs up because I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I wanted salty, crunchy, if I would go for this wasabi pea texture. 
you know, especially in light of, um, you know, COVID times, I feel like just some some outside new flavor, new texture, just something that's not the same 10 things I've eaten for the past 11 months um, is like, you know, just really a, a true gift and stimulates the brain. So I'm, I don't know, maybe during a different time, I would give a, a thumbs up, but right now they're a thumbs up. And also their little window on their see-through package, it looks like a bean. That I approve, that I approve. I do like that too. I can't remember what the beans were called that we tried before that Beth and I tried Lupini. from LA. Lupini beans. It was like the wet, weirdly wet, but very protein rich, like pre-packaged Lupini beans. It's like the like vegan version of like gristle. Morgan, Anya. thank you for coming on Sagittarian Matters. It is a pleasure to see you and, you know, eat these delicious foods with you. Thanks again, listeners, for all these treats. Thank you to Will. Thank you to Emily. Thank you to Liz Prince. Thank you to Don Riddle. A hundred percent. And then some. Listeners, you can always send us your foods. Just DM us on Instagram or write us. Uh, just DM us on Instagram. We'll tell you where to send the stuff. Bye. Bye. Sagittarian Matters is produced by Chris Sutton with assistance by Ponyo Georges. Our theme music is composed by Carolyn Pennypacker Riggs of the band Bouquet. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you next time.